Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves Sturlo. You know what they say about playing the game. You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a Tuesday evening, as always, calling Jack from Melbourne, Victoria. How you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to hear your voice again. Apologies to the fans for not having a go last week, but we're back ready to go talk rugby league. I didn't watch a hell of a lot in the weekend, to be honest. No, I mean, last week was a little bit of a false start. I actually went, I was all set up beautifully to um, do some babysitting with my youngest sister and had all my gear with me, was going to sit back and do a nice podcast while just um, having no one to bother me, but um, turns out they didn't need me at the end, my brother-in-law was sick, and then I was coming down to Melbourne to potentially do another pub, um, back by popular yeah. demand, another pub uh, session, but Melbourne's sort of got away on me. Um, Ended up having a few Roger Skewavasa shakes on the Thursday. And, it looked like uh, that. Yeah, it just sort of got away. <laughs> Tell you what, though, Melbourne had impressed me a couple of times. It snuck up on me. One time I was reading the Herald Sun, which is, you know, a glorified AFL turf digest, really. There's, yeah, yeah. There's more AFL pages in a Herald Sun than there are league in a Daily Telegraph. Um, I'd say there's almost double because. You're going back 12, 14 pages to get maybe racing, and then after racing becomes rugby league. After rugby league, maybe you might get hockey and then union. Um, yeah. But I did see something around Josh Adokar and the um, and the Herald Sun saying yeah. they haven't even hit their straps yet, which is um, which was interesting. So and then that night, um, I was in a little pub called the Irish Times. Not a great pub by any stretch of imagination. Um, and in the background was the Sharks and the Broncos. So I caught a couple of little glimpses of rugby league in Melbourne, which um, gave me hope that there is a future for the game down there. Um, but, um, but to me, that's not uh, that weird. I mean, it's Thursday night. I didn't have VFL to compete with. I would have been gutted if a licensed venue didn't have the NRL on, you know what I mean? But it just, I mean, the, the reputation for just... I mean, back in the day, you know, this is your second stint in Melbourne. I remember your first stint in Melbourne, and even on Foxtel, you couldn't get um, NRL sometimes. Is that true? Bullshit. No, no. Channel 9, You couldn't get Channel 9. So Mm. now, that first stint was 2010. Digitally, the world's changed a hell of a lot in that, um, you know... What was I trying to say? Digital. Oh yeah, because now Channel Nine have all these different channels that you can get on the internet and stuff. We used to have this thing called. This is oh, this is a blast from the past, and any big league man that's lived in Melbourne would remember this. It was called In a League of Our Own, and this might be you, Martin Camp out there. He's a big league on a former know from Melbourne, and you had to like it was a website where you checked. There was pubs. Uh, around town that had... I've um, seen that. Web- you, show- you shared me that link before. I think I have. And they had... Um, it's got a link though, and they, uh, they had pubs on there, probably three or four. One was the Maori Limerick Chief, Arms. One Sun. was the Rising Sun Hotel. Yeah, you remember. Well, I, then- rem- I remember the Rising Sun because I've always remembered that name. And then someone told me the other day it's actually the Sydney Swans home pub in Melbourne where all the South Melbourne old Sydney Swans people... And apparently it's fucking mental for a Swans game. And I was okay. like, actually, that's a league pub too, so... Um, actually, hang on, Harry, I need to just get stop you there. There's two Rising Suns. 
There's Ooh. one in Richmond, which is the league pub, uh, which we often go watch. There's one in South Malcolm, which I believe used to be the old Swans. That's down near my work. Mm. But that was, ironically, the one that did show in a league of their own, and they put it upstairs. And it was all the um, pubs that had uh, Imparja, because it was the Northern Territory. They had, there was some way they could get Northern Territory Channel 9, which was called uh, Imparja, and that showed the league. So, Imparja, was that like the version that we have win down here, which is kind of like your South Coast um, Channel 9 version, which does a little bit of local news and, you know, your Wollongong news or whatever, and then they'll have maybe a different Channel 9 game sometimes? Exactly. What's, what's happening down at your place? you get got a few things on the go. There's a four-year-old kid losing it because uh, the Tigers... Uh, have been confirmed they haven't got Cleary. What, has it actually come out now? Nah, I, just, I was just trying to make light of a situation with a four-year-old kid on the floor squeaming. Okay. Um, back to Melbourne. Jeez, just before I went to that pub, we'll get off topic for a while. Yeah, where was the Irish news? <laughs> the Irish Times, uh, it's in the city. It's a shithole. I've been there a couple of times. It's just, it's where, you know, English recruitment... Um, Managers oh, oh, go to no, drink. Exactly people that are, people that are in recruitment, fuck, they put their body through um, through everything midweek. I mean, they are you know two schooners in or two points in. You know they are wanting to give David Stagg a, a quick call, and you know they'll come back at five six in the morning after a casino session on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. They've just got an insatiable appetite recruitment. I mean, Hang on, were you there because you were doing business with them? No, it's actually a friend of a colleague. Prior to that, we went to a dumpling yeah. joint in Chinatown. Now I'm speaking yep. your language. Um, yep. oh, and, gee, there's some good dumpling joints down there, actually. Yeah, there's this one. I'll find out the name of it because it's, it's, it's worth, um, worth going to. And we sort of sat in this packed, very authentic, um, well-populated dumpling joint. And going about our business and it was a table to the left of us of what looked like 18 year old kids you know i even yep. sort of mumbled out loud are they over 18 so drinking and then the guy thought i was asking the waiter thought i was asking him to go check their id so he went and go check their id penta was he a chinese old <laughs> yeah, bloke he's a chinese old bloke were they drinking ching tea uh, no, we, we had a few. I think they might have actually bought a bottle of wine and they had their school blazers on or some sort of like... Really? And they were very proper. And at the end of the night, we'd had a few. <clears throat> we said to them, look, we'll rock off, right? And if we lose, we pay your bill. And if you lose, you pay our bill. Um, basically, the yep. loser pays both bills. And they were like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do that. So this chubby little bloke at the front did the rock off. Lost 2-0 to my business partner. And they, they, they thought it was pretty funny. They showed us their bill, which was $68. They got BYO and probably had about half a dumpling each, the poor cunts. Yeah. <laughs> we, we handed our, we handed our um, bill over $368, probably a dozen chingies each, as well as multiple session dumplings. And I swear to God, I've never seen faces drop. So like it's like... They've watched a family member getting murdered. Like these guys learn a f- real savage life lesson because they don't have that money. Um, I reckon one of them was buying wow. a dad's credit card, and they're probably counting. And then they were turning on each other. The chubby guy who was all confident was getting ribbed by the others, saying, "Oh, I didn't want to do this in the first place." 
and everyone I've told this story to so far is like, oh, you went back and paid, didn't you? Of course you did. And I was like, no, we turned around and walked. And almost <laughs> took pride <laughs> giving him. Yeah, so it's almost yeah, like... Yeah, that'll be a life lesson they'll it, learn and come out the, the other side better for it. I did look, though, um, in the paper the next morning to see if there was a chubby 18-year-old that jumped off the Westgate because he fucking genuinely looked like he was... <laughs> He wasn't yeah, but if they were in phases, they would have been like from yeah. a nice school or something. That'd be all right. Exactly. It's probably got bloody. Um, and to be honest, what arrogance! Like, yeah, fuck it. yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll be all right, mate. Um, but anyway, that's that's enough about Melbourne. What about the Storm? Um, they kind of kicked <laughs> out of gear. I mean, they struggled the week before. Probably didn't truly deserve to win. Well, they probably just did enough, and they could have gone either way the week before, and you're thinking they'd do a loss based on my um, my rule of streaking NRL teams. Once you get over eight, seven or eight, you start doubling down on the opposition. But they weren't going to lose to Canberra. Did you see much of that performance? Because they flogged them. Uh, I watched a little bit. As I said, I didn't watch much league, but they just—they bit Canberra, but they just turn up. What a what a Fun. franchise! Yeah. They are gonna be in the grand final, aren't yeah. they? Unless we can, well, who's we? But unless unless somebody can do something special, they aren't missing um, Cooper Cronk at all, really. I mean, they got yeah. Jerome Hughes playing halfback. What a culture we can get. look. I love Jerome Hughes as much as the next guy, but. He's not actually a halfback. No. Yeah, he's doing a good job. Is it, what's his true position? He's a fullback. Fullback. He's a fullback. So, yeah. Like um, a running fullback, sort of like a poor man's Carmichael Hunt. And that's not having a go at him. So we've talked at length about the Storm. And I write them off every preseason. I do, do every season. I think this year, though, I didn't write them off, did I? I at least called them top four chance. I didn't see them going back to back. But I think the only way of stopping them... They're not making it to the grand final is if they potentially play either the um, the Bunnies or the Roosters in a semi and they go down. But if they can avoid those two, um, they should be able to pretty much take care of everyone else. There's still one more Ruffy for me who, who's the fourth next best team. Um, but I want to stay on Melbourne. What is it about the culture? I mean, we you know him very well. Tavale, who works there... Um, what, why are they so good? Well, he says, he works there and just says that it's just such a professional operation. I mean, all credit to Valley. I mean, I take it that with a grain of salt because he's been hanging around some pretty amateur league clubs in New Zealand, but he has a lot to say about the um, storm culture. I mean, one other guy on you know actually said something very interesting during the week. I mean, the key to being a first-grade coach, right, is getting rich young guys up every week. That mm. is basically, if you put it in a nutshell, mm. that's basically what it is. You know like the, the skills, and any team in this comp can beat any team on their day. Mm. It's just getting, being able to get rich young guys, which aren't really wanting, I mean, they're not, yeah, it's just an odd, it's an odd, um, so what it's you're different than you're, what you're trying to get your, get your uh, staff up. It's a different, so what you're saying then, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that do you think modern day rugby league or modern day NRL coaching is more about man management than it is about being a tactician? Of course it fucking is. Mm. You know, don't even ask me that question. Of course it is. Mm. Um, and David Kidwell was a great tactician. <laughs> <but> <laughs> no, he I, probably was. but I, he... I walked behind him the other day. 
And I swear, he's intimidatingly big. He's, he's enormous. Not tall. No, he is tall and wide and solid, and he's all kinds of fucking big, and he's quite scary too. Where did you walk behind him? I've seen him a few times. He's over Clavelli, Coogee Way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. he lives over there. The gym and saw him, and his just calf muscles is like a fucking map of Tasmania. So what's he doing there? He's an assistant coach to Parramatta. Yeah. Defensive coach in Parramatta. You do the math. Bull, is he actually? Yeah. Jesus. Um, but the Storm, right. They are... The the closest parallel that I can think of is the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA. And, and the main reason is they've always got <clears throat> a group of stars. But it's their auxiliary players. And it's the players that just come in. You just mentioned Jerome Hughes. And I've, we've talked about these kind of players before, but... It's your Todd Lowry's, your Brian Norrie's, your Chase Blair's, your Dane Nelson's, your, you know, could name a dozen more. They just end up being, coming in, playing a role, and actually looking pretty good, looking pretty solid. Oh. Tim Gladsby, I mean, he played Origin out of there. He's not really a top 15 prop in our game, is he? No, and, and you said a word name there that was very interesting, Dane Nelson. How his um, career just, when he left that culture of the storm, just went downhill. Like, at the storm, he was, he was actually a very a gentleman, like a gentleman, like a professional. He was a defensive, um, he was very good defensively. Very good defensively. I mean, he got dumped by the Junie Diesels this what? year. He got dumped by the Junie Diesels. Like, this is a park football, well, yeah, A-grade country team, former NRL star, Got dumped from the Junie Diesels because he had a big night out. Like he's he's, he's got his demons. From grace. He, I mean, he went to the Warriors, then the Dragons, then the Roosters, uh, then the Rabbits. But he's got his demons. Apparently, he um he was addicted to the Brickies laptops, and he really? yeah, and he basically spent half of his salary on them. Um, so he played State of Origin for Queensland. One or two games. Three. Really? A whole series? Yep. No, over two series. Yeah. Okay. But geez, I mean, that is just an example of they were able to keep him somehow on the straight and narrow. But again, how much does the fact that in Melbourne, no one knows who you are and you can actually live your life, really? I mean, they could get in an Uber and the guy could throw a bag at them and no one would even know who they are. Look, they are... And I think this is on record. Melbourne, Melbournians, Victorians, they look after their own. People were mucking up a lot more down in Melbourne, but the papers don't really give a fuck. Um, oh, well, how do you know? I this just, is just know. This is the media say, like, what's his face saying it all the time? Mate, people down there, they, they, especially even the AFL players, they don't, the, 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 I don't feel like the media turns on them as much for just, you know, just recreationally enjoying themselves. You know, you saw... Um, our man Brian Fletcher having an in-depth discussion with David Stagg in an Uber the other day. Um, and the, the bloody... He, he came out, actually, full credit to the man. He came out smelling like roses and almost did his career enhancement after what Has, he said. He's been I, framed. <laughs> How good? That's pretty good. But I think the other <clears> thing is we don't know... There could actually be a lot of AFL stuff happening, but we just don't even watch it, so we don't know. Do you know what I mean? I think like, that can apply to the storm as well. When was the last time... I mean... You'd be probably see Bromwich. You, you wouldn't do it because you you were too scared of bellyache, 
and then getting a spray from Bellyache, but you don't muck up for the storm. No, but Cameron Munster's being, well, what's uh, mucking up? Cameron only Munster when they're away been... on rip trips, isn't it? Munster was yes. away with the Ruse. Bromwich was away with the Kiwis. Yeah, so that just shows you that they're they're protected and maybe Frank Panisi, the head of football, is looking after them. Because I know, I've heard some rumours from um, some league people that Cameron Munster is a bit of a wreck around town. He doesn't mind getting a bit too loose. He flies in a hooker from Rockhampton each week. Really? Yeah, like, why Rockhampton? She must Really? Be- no bad. A working girl. He flies one in yes, from Rockhampton. Flies one in from Rockhampton. Someone that has had probably minor after minor after minor after minor go through her, and he prefers to bring her <laughs> no in, fly her down. So bring her in, take her out for a nice dinner. It's ironic and... that he she's probably getting a diet of FIFOs all week, but she's essentially a FIFO to <laughs> um, to Munster. Yep. Fuck so, me. but he's, he's that type of player. If he's playing good football, who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's just his wind down, isn't it? Maybe he just likes the, yeah, the no pressure. Why Rockhampton? Surely there'd be one in Sydney. Surely there'd be one in Melbourne. So you'd have to take a direct flight. You'd have to take it like a connecting flight, which you know, the hourly rate it's all adding up. So speaking of working girls, apparently um, that Gotham City, the very well-renowned. Um, establishment started producing paraphernalia recently and like hats hats hat amongst other things and a colleague not a colleague a friend a mutual friend of both of ours three different people at his work when the when the paraphernalia came out when the brand launched put Gotham City hats on his desk three different people from his work put Gotham City hats on his desk on a Monday morning but I was That's thinking brilliant but it's actually a bit of a statement piece, isn't it? To walk around town with a Gotham City hat on. Oh, and, it is. It's, and it's, people just have a look at you and go... I'm some sure. people... <laughs> it's a real badge, isn't it? get it. Other people... Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd think it's brilliant. <laughs> but what about where how you had a go at me when I wanted to make legal counsel hats? Yeah, I just wanted that- to not... I, I wanted them to be, um, you know, Clark. We just need to spend a bit of time just making sure that the brand's right before we throw it on a... We throw a shitty um, iron-on sticker on a um, on a shit truck. Yeah. No, I'm thinking it's actually sewed into a black, like that blue neon light mm. council logo sewed onto a black snapback. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. Um, did and you then you just get, get like your. Cameron, you... Did you get like Cameron Munster to be wearing it when he's coming off the plane after like uh, being sent home in disgrace from Kangaroo's door? But what was? Isn't there a brand that did that? They basically their whole market positioning was just making people wear their hats in a time's like exactly what Monster. you're saying. What was that? Monster. <laughs> Monster Energy. No, they just they partner with motocross a lot. But, for example, right. just talking about Gotham City, right, just having their um, their hats out there is we just have to just try and be for as many, outside as many Fox Sports press conferences as possible and just sidetrack guys, <laughs> accost them and saying, can you just put this legal counsel hat on? And people don't really know what it is until... Um, so, do you know about these Instagram models? Keep talking. A lot of them actually get paid up to, say, Nestle, say, might want to get, well, that may not be, all these start-up, they might have a new, like, Yeah, no shit, mate, welcome to the world. Yeah, of course, anyone knows about that. Yeah, people get paid you, through social media. Do you do that? 
Well, how much is a standard? We pay influencers, yeah. It depends really? on the job is. Yeah, we, we work on a number of different brands that will pay influencers money for spruiking stuff. Absolutely. Who, but who's that? An Instagram model is an influencer. What do they influence? Well, they've got followers, so they've got a number of people that will follow their pages. And if they say something like, hey, this sunscreen's amazing, blah, 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 and then people are going to like... Doesn't, doesn't Instagram have to say that it's a paid Yeah, they ad? do. So they have to say ad. It's a new thing that came in some 12, 18 months ago. They actually have to declare ad. But that, doesn't that just ruin their integrity? No, it's actually being in, in showing integrity by saying it's an ad that you're getting paid for it. But I guess at the same time, you would only endorse a product that you think's good. And if you follow someone and aspire to be like them and, you, and they're endorsing a product, then you're still going to get it yourself. So I guess. what is your thoughts on this new clothing brand hitting Sydney's uh, shelves called YKTR? Yeah, Isaac, John, and James Ciaro's brand. And uh, Corey Norman is a investor, but doesn't do fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> I just found the Corey Norman video the other day, floating around. Um, I was just yeah, I saw it the other day. Too. Um, I might have actually resent it, but that's he shit. He's got away, and you just he him and Sigiaro, they just are yeah, mucking up all kinds of sorts, are they? Um, what makes you think of that? Um, what made you bring that brand up? Um, just as a, they, I mean, their influence, I mean, they had a good, gee, it's a shit website, I'm just looking at it now, um, but they basically just get their league mates to wear yeah. around, and like, which is good, like they thought, and who's their model, it looks like, there's somebody on their website, he's a leaguey, is that Josh Stewart, interesting, so they're just getting, oh, you know what YKTR stands for? Uh, I did used to, what does it stand for? You know the rules. Oh, because I think it's a, I think it's actually a, um, might be a um, charity. No, uh, no, you're getting, you're now you're thinking about living up. No, nah, I think that you know, you know the rules those is shoots? also. Yeah, I think I do, but I think that um, you know the rules is also uh, also a charity. Right. So, <clears throat> Beck, you wanted to talk about the three things you've learned from the weekend. Okay. I need to also make a um, declaration that. I'm on my second um, seven-day media ban um, after the performance, which I actually blacked out on Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. I can't remember much about it, but after that, I went on a media ban. Um, I don't think I can read anything about rugby league this week after that performance. So you can talk me through your three things that you learnt, though. First one, Tom Turbovich is human. Yeah. I mean, he made a cu- that error he made where he just sort of dropped it and went to ki- Nathan Cleary's hand. Like, I could have thought he could have went through his career not doing anything like that. I mean, that was how Penrith won that is just oh, I just don't get the the eight divide this year. It's so it's so large. Second thing I learned is it's just on that though, and this is, could be controversial because some people are going he was the pl- pl- could have even been the player of origin. But he hasn't kicked on this year like I like I'd hoped. He has not oh, he been isn't. absolutely dominating at fullback for Manly like I hoped. Now maybe that's a symptom of <clears throat> the club's not going that well. But I would have thought he'd gone to another level. And at the start of the season, I was saying how much better than Tedesco is. He's not playing better than Tedesco. He's no, he's, he's not. disappointed me this year. I thought he would have taken a giant leap. 
and just commanded that number one jersey. But he's making, yeah, he's genuinely making errors and he's not being as dynamic as I reckon he was last year. <clears throat> oh, it's really sad because we all want him to be a better player than Tedesco, right? Mm, 100%. That's where it comes down to because he's a nicer guy. Mm. Um, so that's one thing I learned, and it's sad, but I've learned it. He's not he's human. And the second thing I thought, I thought Retro Round was shit. I mean, it's who is, is Retro Round run by the NRL? Because, no, or it's, is ro- it's run by Fox Sports. And, and okay, well, I've, got, I've got a massive, um, I agree with you, 110%. It made me think this week, right? When people started talking about Retro Round and what they were doing in Fox Sports and dressing up and stuff, the game actually doesn't take itself seriously enough. It's a joke. Like, Fox Sports, right? I think when Fox League came out, everyone was like, this is amazing, wall-to-wall coverage. But if you actually step back and actually have a think about that the the style of show, like the Matty John show, this hamming it up for retro round, bringing back guys like Blocker, listening to Anasta, listening to Gaznia, you know, compare that to sports over overseas, like the NBA and the NFL, even other yeah, sports here like the AFL. It's a fucking joke. Like, it is Matty a joke. John's I mean, Michael Ennis is good. and pantomimes. It's a fucking Michael disgrace. Michael Ennis is good. Yeah, Michael Ennis when is we good. Do, when we do our... Um, and if we did like a Rebel channel, or we got some funding to do not ex-leagueies, we'll bring Michael Ennis in actually, but mm. just get actual people that know league and talk about league, not ex-players. You, got, you want guys like for Dan Ganane or you know, a Warren... I want to hear oh, guys like Warren Smith talk more about rugby league. He's not on any of these shows. Tadishi, like yeah. New Zealand League show hosted by Rihari and Tiaki. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a nice ring to it. I completely agree. But would so, people re- subscribe? Did, but did Graham Smith commentate? Do it on YouTube, mate. Did Graham Hughes commentate this year, like he did last year? He's, yeah, he's done a couple. What game did he's he do? Uh, or maybe he didn't, but he's on, on that controversy corner. corner. I when mean, you hear... When no. you coach, so, you have this bias, um, like currency bias, right, where you think... Oh nah. Um, recency I th- bias. I think recency bias. I think the, um, the 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 commentary has been the same now to when we were a kid, and just say, well, it's just because you believe that yeah. it was better back in the youth. Then Graham Hughes commentates like, nah, nah. the commentators give a shit these days. So, you know, how everyone turned off Channel Nine two years ago when this whole Fox League thing started. Yeah. I'm going better. back to Channel Nine uh, because not, yeah, you've got no. guys like Matt Nable. Blocker Roach, Braithen Astor, Corey Parker, and Justin Hugh- Justin Hodges and Corey Parker were the were the um, were the colour commentators for Vossi. God bless Vossi. That was fantastic. the straw that broke the camel back. And I muted it, and I was like, I cannot listen to Justin Hodges. What insight is that stupid cunt going to fucking provide? Phenomenal footballer, one of my favourites. Agree. My top ten Love footballers him. of all and, time. And Corey not, Parker, not Corey, a pundit. Corey Parker too loved him as a player. Absolutely love them as a player. It's just like these guys are fucking retards. Yeah, and then because and then when you get these and don't interview, don't have so don't have shows with current players playing because they don't say anything worth listening to. No, they don't, do they? Like no. they had Moses and Bayer and they're, they're grooming him. And he's a beautiful looking man and all that, mm, but nice skin. He doesn't say anything like fuck. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to turn off. Yeah, it, it, it's these interviews. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're again taking influence from American sports, but 
getting a guy walking off the field is just pointless. It's, I mean, they're asking such leading questions that they're just agreeing completely with what they're saying. And yeah, League I'll, life should be as light-hearted as it gets. Yeah. But yeah. I do, I actually, League Life, uh, not League Life, I mean League, um, the fan, it should be as light-hearted as it gets. You, and League did, Life, good if they focus on, like, their upbringing. The story, like, yeah. Where they came from. Exactly. And when they start talking about modern day, or, like, who's the best player you've ever played against? They're not even going to give you a proper answer. Exactly. They're not going to answer that correctly. I did you hear two weeks ago on Controversy Everybody Corner? Hit two. Did you did you hear two weeks ago on Controversy Corner? When no. I would say he's my number one worst no, blocker's number one, and this guy's number two for me, Benny Elias. He came out there and said you know how he, all he talks about is Mitchell Moses and how good he is. He's his nephew. He came out there and said that the Parramatta Eels have a top three backline in the competition. And Phil Rothfeld, yeah, I who I can't that. stand, he just goes, I completely disagree with that. And then they were arguing with each other. It's almost like you're waiting for Elias to say something just stone-cold ridiculous about Mitchell Moses, and he came out with that. The Eels' back line, I think Jennings is cooked. Moses is one of the worst halves in the competition. Norman's hot and cold, playing awful. Um, yeah. you don't even want to French is fucking average as fuck this average. year. Gutherson's one year removed from an ACL is not even half the player. And on yep. the other wing, you've just got a mixture of just whatever guys, Jenningses and whoever the fuck they have, Kurosami Ibar. They'd be a bottom five yep. back line. Wouldn't yeah, they? I agree with that. Oh, um, definitely bottom five. It's, yeah, it's no doubt about it. Who Now, who is... Who's, what's the number three point? Um, that... I didn't really understand what everyone talked about, how Shane uh, Flanagan was a dare I hope. But, jeez, he's just went in that... Uh, he's just put himself in that uh, in that arena now. Oh, fucking arena. Oh, I don't know. This isn't a good show for me. But what a dare How can you moan about the refs after the last two weeks he's had? He's, he's had that fucking cunt. Excuse my language, guys. <laughs> but that cunt has had... Gifted wins to him on the Raiders win the week before last, and two to three weeks before that, the NRL came down and just gave him that game against the Warriors. An absolute shocker. And yep. he had the audacity to say, you know, you win some, you lose some, you just got to take what you get in the previous press conference. Then he was on the end of a couple of rough decisions against the Broncos and had an absolute go at the referees, completely contradicting what he said the week before. He is just a scum, and allegedly he's not a well-liked coach. Like apparently, the Sharks' dressing room is in the last couple of years has always been a bit of a divide between the people that like him and the people that can't stand him. And I, I, I have heard that, that. I think that you can sort of see why he just comes across as just a fucking whinger. Yep, and yeah, look. That, so those are the three things I learned of the weekend. Very good, very good from you. Um, what do you know about the gong? Because that's where I'm heading on Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Are you actually going? I heard yeah. the, the trip's blown out. Nah, the, oh, people have dogged me, but I've got Symes coming up from Victoria. Oh, and, yeah, Symes coming up. Nice, yeah. And okay. I'm going to go uh, down. I'm just wondering if I take the um, take the train or head drive out myself, and that means that I can't get too loose. Um, well, good luck with that. I'm sure you're going to have a good time. What do I know about the gong? I know that the field is brilliant. Uh, mm. Wynn Stadium, or I think, was that the old Wollongong showground? Somebody please let us know, but... 
looking over the beach in the background, what a great uh, venue for a rugby league stadium. Um, the leagues club is very close, apparently, so you can have a few beers and then go over the, to the ground. Um, the only other thing I know about the gong, really, is that when there's no... I think it's sort of like folklore that when you're overseas... Mm. and you meet an Australian, you go, oh, where are you from? They go, oh, I'm from Wollongong. <laughs> like, they're always from Wollongong. I, but is it, it's not in the Sydney metropolitan area? No. Nah. No. Nah, no. Nah. It's in some shire. I mean, I always just say the South Coast. Illawarra. But, I mean, it is in the Illawarra. Um, when I think of Wollongong, I think of a hot but breezy Saturday afternoon, very bright skies. Sunday. And Saturday or Sunday. And then they will often sort of pan around the stadium and you'll just see the, the ocean in the background, but you'll see a hell of a lot of flags and they'll be blowing and you'll be going, ooh, it's a little bit windier than it looks. And you go down to the ground, the camera will bring you down to the ground, half covered, half shadow, half sun, and then you've got beautiful grass and then you pan, again, the camera will pan back to the crowd and you've got... St. George banners up the wazoo. You've got your GSTs. You've got your Oust Doust. You've got your Om, Om Hornby. You've got all of the great banners. And then you've What's got the a... Ben real... Hunt one? A what? The new Ben Hunt one. What was that one again? Sick Hunt. <laughs> um, and generally, you have a fast game. It's a, it's a very fast game in, played in pretty dry, hard track. But then when it's a night game at Wollongong... It's completely different, isn't it? It's it is, isn't it? It's dewy, and it's skittery, Great. and it's very dark. The lighting's poor, and it's well, generally yeah. a very dour game. You're right. You're very, I like the way you've put that. It, um, very well put. Have we, when was the last time the Warriors won there? I remember it well, because it was Wairangi Korpu's debut. You are kidding. It was that long <laughs> I'm ago. I'm pretty sure. Well, I watched that game live. Clinton Torpy tore them up, and it was also another guy's debut, uh, Ben Craig. That long ago? He yeah, was I think it was 2003, around about then. Now, we must have got a... Now, the Dragons are actually our, um, our number one bogey side. Okay. Um, and we've only actually beaten them once... In about 20 games. The last time oh. we beat them before... So two years ago when we beat them, or last year, two years ago when we beat them... No, actually, we beat them this year. Beat them two years ago when um, Mc, McFadden rested... Uh, sorry, stood down those guys for um, energy drink and um, sleeping pill behaviour after a flogging oh. in Melbourne. And then we came out and played them with a reserve-grade team and beat them. And then the time before that was 2007 at Mount Smart, which I was at. And then 2003, we've only actually beaten them four or five times in our history. So the last time we played them was 2013. At the gong. At, at the gong. And we lost... I remember it well. Uh, 2013, we, we, we lost well, 19 I, actually, I was actually in Tasmania, and I just proposed, and I said Ooh. to Mumsy, we're not telling anyone until I figure out if we're going to win this game, because we needed to win the game to make the playoffs. And fucking Chase Stanley was goal-kicking for them, and they had a shit side, and we ended up doing what we did a lot back in that early post-grand final era. We were that close to making the, grand, the finals in Yeah, if in we had won that game, we might have, have made the eight. 
far out because that was September the seventh. It was the last round. You're right. Yeah, and um, it was a very hard game to take because it was a dour shit game. Oh, it, was a, it was a night game. Chase Stanley. No, it wasn't. It was an afternoon game. Chase Stanley really? penalty goals up the wazoo. I remember. Oh, 19 just sat yeah, three PM on a Saturday. <laughs> Where I was, Jesus. See, and then we played 2012. We lost 38-6. That was August Tony 25th. Tony Iroh so was that, coaching that game, so they'd already fired Bluey and Tony Iroh. We, had we got back from Vegas? Uh, 2012. Yes, we had because yes. we were listening to. Was it was must be the week we got back. Yeah, I watched it at a mate's house in Roselle, and I made him turn it off. 2011, we played, lost. Yeah, grand final. Jeez. It's grim and reading, then mate. we lost by one point in 2009. I can't remember that game. A 12 right, Jason Nightingale got a try. 2009, yeah, I remember that. Sunday at 4, at 2 p.m. game. Yeah, I had a mate ring me up and leave a voice message on my phone. He was pissed, all kinds of expletives. And I said Stacey that I'd, never, feel, I'd never forget that. And I, and I never have. Jeez, so we've never won there. Um, no, we have won at the gong, have we? When I had two I can't find a time Or is it an Oki Jubilee that I'm talking about? Yeah, because anyway, I don't... We've never won at the we're, gong. We're using half unless a show. We, unless we've never met St. George Illawarra at the gong. Okay. Well, I, I tell you this much. Let's look ahead to the draw this weekend. And I, I'm going to tell you something. Even though I'm in a media ban, I'm looking at the draw. Um, I think there's going to be some upsets here. And I think what we learned in the weekend... What I learned in the weekend is if you turn up, doesn't matter who you play... If you turn up against a shit side or a side that's below you on the ladder and you walk to the game and you think you're going to flog them and you don't have uh, the right attitude, you'll get flogged. And, I'll, and, you, and you've started to see that happening in the last two to three weeks. The Tigers got fucking flogged by a shit dog side. The Warriors got absolutely towed up by a shit Gold Coast side. And this is going to happen for the next six weeks. So... It's it just makes things so much more interesting because there's 16 teams out there that can win games, and I'm including the Eels out there. They're going to beat someone. They might string two or three together. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I've just we've done my research, and Win Stadium is actually our the time we won our. Oh no, well, the last time was 1996, get round two, when we beat them 18, but we beat Illawarra. Mm-hmm. Now, it was round two. It was our first game of the season because, if you remember correctly, Brisbane didn't play us because of the Super League debacle and we got the two points. Really? Never knew yeah, round, round one didn't exist because um, Brisbane didn't play it because they were trying to sort out shit with the... Um, wow. With the, yeah, so we that was the last time we won at Wynn Stadium, believe it or not. Okay. that's It's a grim reading, but um, records are made to be broken, as um, we found out this year in Perth. Um Dogs at home to the Broncos. Let me tell you these odds. Three fifty-five head to head the dogs versus a dollar thirty the Broncos. That's fucking overs. Dogs fans, what do you think? You reckon the dogs can get up? I think the dogs can absolutely get up for that. Uh, I don't think so. Broncos are just a hot and cold team. Like they are, like many other. Maybe they're not, and they just got beaten by the Warriors. Maybe. Listen to this next one. At McDonald Jones Stadium, the Knights host the Tigers. And the Tigers are favourites. 
I like the Knights up at the Hunter with Pogger and Pierce back. They're I hard think to beat. Almost again, Cleary can get a young team up um, in a second week. It's hard to get. He said on uh, the show the other night that even he admitted it was hard to get the young guys up for two because they put a lot of effort in to beat the um, Tigers, right? Uh, the Rabbitohs, sorry. Yeah, but what if Nathan Brown comes out with just he's taken his white shirt into a dry cleaner and got starched, and he's undone a couple of extra buttons and that white collar's popping out over the top of his shitty suit and he walks in there I reckon those Knights boys will really grow another arm in another league nah get on Tigers alright this holy shit what round number is this round 21 holy shit Rabbitohs hosting the Storm and the Storm uh. favourites Righto, guys, listen here. This is your load-up. This is where the Storm lose. They don't win this weekend. This is where their reading streak goes down. This is 7.30pm on, on Saturday? 7.55. Shit, super Saturday. Okay. It's not that super. Oh, wow. No, that's a Friday, sorry. Super Friday. Hang on, let's go back to the pub game. Is Newcastle West's. And then, what's the after pub game called? The just the Friday night game. Is it okay? It should be the after pub. Maybe it's called the after match. Oh, well, if you end up staying to the pub and watching it, you know you're on for a big night, don't you? Rabbitohs Storm. Um, you've got Saturday at three p.m. I love. Uh, I tell you what annoys me is the Sunday two p.m. game. But I really Why? like. I really like the Saturday three p.m. game. I said that three p.m. is Warriors Dragons. I know. How fucking good's that? Yeah, beautiful hot weather. And we usually play well on dry tracks other than fucking at sound. This is going to sound real biased and real stupid after after last Saturday. But I actually can't see anything other than a Warriors win. <laughs> Mate, they won't win, especially <laughs> if you're going down there. Mate, I'm telling you. I'll go down there and I'll probably get bashed. But we will win. Now... This has got a real spoonbowl feel about it. 5.30 Saturday. Para hosting the Titans. Oh, yuck. Para favourites. Oh, God. How can they be favourites against any The other shit game of, this season, of the round is Roosters-Cowboys at Sydney Football Stadium. Surely you take that away. No one will turn up. Nah, they're going to get 8,000 there. Not even that. Super Saturday is actually pretty rotten apart from Dragons Warriors. Now, Sunday footy. I love my Sunday footy. 2pm. Sharks host Manly. Real banana skin game yeah. for Cronulla, that. But I think the Sharks, I think the Manly have just, their, their heart's been broken too many times now. God, they looked fucking good though, didn't they? They do, when they, but they just can't keep it. Trent Barrett can't keep a broker young guys up so often. Yeah, I tell, I tell you what's the, the, the lock of the week is Penrith by a cricket score versus the Raiders. They're out at Panther Stadium, and the Panthers are cooking. Yep, I'd agree with that. The Panthers, although they, they, they were diabolical for a lot of that game, they came back and won it, and I still think that they deserve to be in the conversation with the Roosters, the Bunnies, and the Storm as the fourth team that can shake the comp, that can win the comp. I don't believe anyone other than those four teams can win it. Do you? Cronulla. No, nah, they can't win. Oh, they just they, they tough it up win. when they need to. I don't think they have the... 
When Dugan comes back, that's the X factor, isn't it? Yes. And I don't I, think I'd drop Dressy Ramian. I'd drop probably um, Ricky Latelli. But as I've said, I think this is a year where a team could win five to eight from five to eight. Yeah, I just can't see the the, the, the only one that's a real claim. A real claim there is going to be outside. So I mentioned the four. I think the Dragons know. I think they've only got one gear, the Dragons. I think the Sharks are the best out of those teams. Then you've got the Warriors and the Broncos, who are probably pretty similar, pretty flashy on their day, but don't know if they can really get to the heights of those other teams. So you're probably right. The best outside of the four is the Sharks. They've got big game players, don't they? Correct. And they've done it before. Yeah. Um, Mate, we've, we've run out of time here. Lots of items on the agenda might have to save for next week. Now, you did a pretty... Um, Pretty groundbreaking interview with one of the great touch judges of all time, Steve Betts, next week. Yep. You want to give so a little, that should be all ready to go next week. Do you want to give a little, week, um, a little, what do you call it, teaser? Any interesting topics uh, you discussed? Yeah, we talked about what are the best um, uh, changing sheds for NRL officials around the, around the grounds. He also had some great insights in, into what you actually do as a touch judge and your, uh, your techniques to work as a team. Um, it's going to be a ha- great uh, interview. I hope you can join us next week for it. Hey, well, I'm looking forward to hearing it myself. And uh, this, is a big, this is a big week of rugby league for, for us and for teams out there that are sort of in contention. Anything can happen from one to eight, really, can't it, in terms of position, seating. There's five games left. That's t- 10 points. So even if you're in eighth place right now in 24 points, you can get to 34, which could conceivably hang out the back of the four. Um, anyone can get minor premiers. It's it's really even. This year is, I said it's the even most even since 2005, and I think you'd have to say it's the most wide open. Agreed, and that's what just what I said, mate. <laughs> Well, good on you, mate. We'll leave, we'll leave on that note then. you got to love your league. Love your league. Wake up in the morning after the weekend To get an update on the NRL The Legal Council Wake up in the morning after the weekend To get an update on the NRL My legal counsel Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday A story from Jack about a urinal My legal counsel